0: hello everyone welcome to the betting life podcast brought to you by fantasy life i'm matthew friedman matt f the oracle it is friday it is almost christmas and more importantly festivus is uh, almost here so you know that that's something that we should all look forward to jeff i'm assuming that you are a a seinfeld fan although i i shouldn't make that assumption about anyone but you seem like a cool guy so i'm just gonna assume that you you like seinfeld
1: yeah no um definitely festivus for the rest of us i mean yeah i you know watched uh watched pretty much every episode at least four times I would say you know at, at a certain part of my life it's been a while now but I you know there it's everything is imprinted in my brain you know the the wrestling the feats of strength you know the the pole whatever else George's dad yeah. did I can't even remember yeah. but yeah no absolutely man i mean big seinfeld guy and um yeah one day i'll have to take another run through that show but like i said i've i've watched it enough where i basically just rewatch it in my head at this point
0: (laughs) yeah exactly the the airing of grievances uh it's a it's a fantastic show so i was like you i was thinking about maybe doing a little bit of a rewatch uh throughout the season i you know what normally we get into the show by the way this is jeff ulrich aka the fantasy grind jeff um normally we get into the show but we're at the end of the season it is nice to uh to take the opportunity to talk a little bit about stuff that's like you know stuff that like sports fans are like or like people in our like bracket are probably interested in, but things that aren't like directly sports related and Seinfeld I imagine would be one of those things. Um, but so I have been like a hardcore Seinfeld fan, haven't watched it in years. And, uh, every year throughout the football season, I start to do rewatches of different shows, like having this running in the background as I'm doing work. And like, so the first, you know, like maybe eight weeks of the season. I don't do this because I'm really focused, but like after a while I start to need something like in the back of my brain just to make, you know, like what I'm doing, like a little less tedious or whatever it is. Do you have like that same sort of thing where, you know, like you're, you have shows going in the background, like shows you're familiar with or movies you're familiar with, whatever it is.
1: Yeah. So I like if I really because I do get to that point sometimes too. I'll put something on in the background. I usually opt for like some like really stupid superhero show like like a Marvel movie or something like that. Because okay. but I, I do rewatch shows though. But I I generally will like sit and watch them because like if I'm rewatching a show, it's usually like a like I would like rewatch like Mad Men or something like that. I I will say this. The last show I rewatched was when my kids were really young and they were like, you know, like, like hold them and like feed them a bottle. And we I had friends on in the background for like, Six months in a row, like it was just like rewatching Friends. So it wasn't, and it wasn't. I don't even know. Like I wasn't even like that big a Friends guy. Like I was way more of a Seinfeld guy. But I was just like, I haven't seen the show in a while, so I just put it on, and it was like in the background of my house for like six months. So that's probably the last time I I put a show on like that. But I mean, I usually opt for like the dumb superhero movies. Like I'll just rewatch like Iron Man three or something horrible like that. So yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say those are those are terrible movies by any means. Um, it's like star Wars for me as like, if I'm going to put on a movie instead of a show, the star Wars movies, Lord of the rings movies, like I have those so ingrained in my head at this point that, I can I can have it running in the background without it distracting yeah. me but like exactly. it is also yeah. something that kind of serves as like background noise like in like you know like if you went to go work at a coffee shop or something there would be like just sort of this white background noise that's a little bit what those movies are like for me yeah. at this point Uh Lord Lord of the Rings, definitely in that category. Uh like for a show that uh rewatches very well for me as background noise, uh Game of Thrones. That one really kind of hits the spot for me because it's if it feels uh Lord of the Rings-ish in terms of like their swords in the background and stuff like that, you know, dragons, etc.
1: And there's, there's, like, conversation, but then there's also action sequence, so, like, you can, like, yes. tune out some of the conversations. And the only thing, I, it's actually funny, like, I, I probably do for a Game of Thrones rewatch, but the last season turned me off that show so much that I've almost, like, vetoed it. Like, I almost refused to rewatch it. I know, the like, the first four whatever five seasons were great. I really enjoyed yeah. them. I thought they were all done. But, like, the last two seasons, I'm just so put off by how they finished it that, like, I almost don't want to go back. But I... They were so good up to, like, that point that it's still worth a rewatch, yeah.
0: Yeah, and and, you know, like, I kind of found that on rewatch, I didn't hate the ending. I mean, like, right. well... I mean, the ending wasn't great, but I didn't hate like the final two seasons as much as I anticipated, or like there were enough banger episodes peppered throughout to where it was like, okay, this, this still works for me. Like, I don't, I don't know if you ever have this. And by the way, I swear to everyone listening, we will get to props, uh, at some point in this episode very shortly. But Jeff, I don't know if you have the thing where like, there's maybe like a song that you absolutely hated when you were young and it would come on the radio and you're like, what is this? You change the station and then you hear it like 20 years later. And there's like this little bit of nostalgia that kicks in. And it's like, yeah, you know, that song's not absolutely terrible.
1: Yeah. It's for me, it would probably be like some of those like old songs that my parents probably would play or something. Like I don't have okay. a specific one in mind, but it's like, Oh my God, this is horrible! Like, Dad, turn it off or something. And then you listen to it like ten years later, and you're like, actually, this is like pretty good song or something. Or like, you might even like go out and like listen to the group or something. So yeah, for me, it was like probably those older songs that you like gain an appreciation for as you like become more mature, so to speak, or you know, semi more yeah. mature.
0: It, it feels like uh, you are talking about Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young without saying the band. <laughs> no,
1: no, but I just, like, that feels like example. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels like the quintessential, like dad music, to where it's like, what yeah. is this? And then you hear it later. And it's like, you know what? This is actually pretty good. All right. Yeah. So, anyway, we're going to get into it. It is the prop pod. Jeff and I are going to break down 10 of our favorite player props on the board for week 16. A reminder you can find our props and lots of other bets in our 100% free fantasy life bet tracker. You can check out the Discord where we uh, post some bets in there. Player projections. Uh, my player projections are. In the fantasy life projections tool, which of course is 100% free, along with everything else on the site, uh, along with our official site projections and the fantasy tool. And then we have the prop tool, which allows you to compare our projections with the props across the market. And of course, remember that lines in our projections do change. Okay. Jeff, Kicking it off here the first prop that you like for this week, Jerome Ford over 14 and a half receiving yards. I feel like you were on Jerome Ford last week or maybe the week before. And I think that one hit yeah. for you like very quickly.
1: Yeah. I, I it was either two or three weeks ago, but yeah, it hit in like the first series. It was, it was one of Flacco's actually it was, it was two weeks ago because yeah, it was Flacco's second game. So um yeah, I, I mean, I, I wasn't super convinced that I needed to go back to it, but like his, his prop is still at 14 and a half. I think that week I played it at 12 and a half, but I think it closed at 14 and a half, maybe even closed higher than that. Maybe it closed at 16 and a half, but I just found it interesting it was back at 14 and a half. Um I you know and again like using our free projections, using our utilization report, like this is this is how I'm coming to a lot of these props and like I mean all the info is there for you guys as well, but you look at our utilization report He's playing about 50% of the snaps. He's been over 50% of the snaps in, the last, in two of the last three games. But his route rate is, is around 40 to 50% every week. He's getting that target share in the 10% range. Uh, he's a pretty good receiver. And, you know, the other guys that come on, just they just don't do much in the receiving game. Kareem Hunt is just done. I mean, they just need to cut him at this. Like, he's, he's doneer than done. But Ford is really the receiving back. Um, you know, and, and they're playing the Texans who... Again, a pretty good rush defense, but they don't defend against the the pass very well out of the backfield. Six most most receiving yards. I see this as another spot where you know Ford is probably going to get his three to four targets, and against like a, a defense like this, I think that he probably gets there again. So um, I don't think he got there last week. I think he had a bit of a. I think he had like four catches for eleven yards or something. But you know, again, like the the weeks before with Flacco were really good. So um, thirty one yards, thirty three yards. And I just like Joe Flacco under center for Jerome Ford. Uh, I think he probably bounces back back and goes over on this one. Like I said, this one was probably, of the props we're doing, I I ranked it fifth, but I still think it's strong enough, you know, to to bet. Um, I think that you can just keep targeting Jerome Ford. I think it's probably a yard or two too short. We got this projected in the 18-yard range, which gives us a a couple-yard edge. Um, As long as it's at 14 and a half, I would play it.
0: Yeah, so this one has moved up a little bit. It's there's still a 15 and a half across the market. I have it projected at, uh, let me see. I've projected higher even than the 18.6 that, that Dwayne has. So Dwayne McFarlane, uh, very sharp projector, uh, manages the official site projections. He has it at around 18 and a half. I have it at 19.8. So I I still like it at 15 and a half. I think I would probably take it there. So yeah, uh, I like that one. I like that one. All right. My first one on the board here Raheem Moster, anytime touchdown, minus 115 at FanDuel. Let me make sure that uh, number is still representative. Yeah, that's still available. So I like it there. I will say I don't have much of a difference between my official projection and the numbers in the market right now, but I do think there's value at minus 115. I'd probably be willing to take it to minus 120, minus 125. I mean, the Dolphins Cowboys game easily has the week's highest total on the board, you know, anywhere from like 49 and a half to 50 and a half, depending where you're looking. So a lot of points, I think we will see in this game, the dolphins are home favorites, so they could have a little bit more of a run leaning game script than they would usually have. And I think that's especially the case against the Cowboys who are number 32 in defensive rush success rate. So dead last, and the thing with the Cowboys, it's not so much that they are allowing like massive chunk plays on the ground, uh, but they're like getting like sliced to death with a thousand paper cuts. Like they just consistently allow teams to get what they need on the ground. Uh, and I think that means we could have a lot of Mostert in the spot. But Mostert, like, is one of those runners who, if he's able to pick up like 10 yards, he might be able to take it 50 yards because like he is one of the, the most explosive runners in the league. And, you know, we've seen that consistently throughout his career. And then he's been able to stay healthy and he's getting the goal line work. He leads the league with 20 touchdowns this year. He scored in 11 of 14 games, 78.6% uh, of his games in the five games since the week 10 bye, he scored in all of them except for one. He scored seven touchdowns in those five games like he is. He's on. Uh he, you know, in a fantasy perspective, he's one of my favorites this week. And given what we saw last week with James Cook against the Cowboys, who just absolutely destroyed them. 179 yards and a touchdown on the ground, 42 yards receiving and a receiving touchdown. Like given all of that, I think it's hard to imagine Mostert not having success this week against the Cowboys. So Raheem Mostert, anytime touchdown, minus 115. Jeff, any thoughts on Mostert this week?
1: No, I mean, I, I, I really like the spot for most or two. I mean, obviously, you, you'd wish you wish you could get, like, a, a minus or, like, a plus 100 or something. I, I just sized 110 at that 365, too. If people have access to that. That may come down throughout the week. I, I wouldn't be shocked if this just came down across the market. Like you said, I mean, the, the Cowboys' rush defense – they've been battered um in a couple spots they're they're not looking so great over the last few games they're not on the road again here i think it's going to be a heavy moster game too um yeah makes a lot of sense i, I mean it's just it's such a big total he's probably going to find the end zone so certainly a guy for a touchdown play that i had on my radar as well
0: yeah i mean you mentioned cowboys beat up uh, missing their main run stuffing defensive tackle and jonathan hankins uh, the second you know back-to-back road game that's East Coast for them. So you know, playing in Buffalo, traveling back to Dallas, and then traveling back to Miami—it's just it's not a great setup for the Cowboys. So yeah, Raheem Mostert, anytime touchdown there. Jeff, you and I have two bets here that uh, align very nicely, and it just kind of happened to work out that way. You have Josh Reynolds over one and a half uh, receptions. Actually, I don't know if these bets really do align. I mean, well, I don't know. I think I think they are kind of correlated, but yeah. uh, you know, yeah. anyway. So Josh Reynolds over one and a half receptions—that's a bet you have here.
1: Yeah. So again, I, I I think like you, I wanted to look at this Lions passing game. I think it's a pretty good spot. Minnesota is a, a typical like funnel to the pass defense, very good rush defense, um, but they've allowed the fourth most receptions to opposing wide receivers. Um, I. Took a look at, you know, maybe Jared going over on Jared Goff pass attempts is something else I might play, but Josh Reynolds over 1.5 receptions. We have this projected at 1.9. Um, he's gone over this in 10 games this year. And like I said, Minnesota's allowed the fourth most receptions to opposing wide receivers. And the thing I like about Reynolds here is that, you know, they they have a pretty solid top corner in Byron Murphy Jr., but we know he's going to be busy with the Monra St. Brown. So that kind of leaves Reynolds to just float around the field. And at this point, and I think I think we're on the same page here. At this point, it feels like Jamison Williams is, you know, I mean, I, I guess he had like a 22% target share last week, but um, you know, I'm I'm not too worried about Jamison Williams, you know, like eating up too many targets or or doing too much here. He's out there, but he's not going to be the primary target. I think Josh Reynolds is kind of the go-to guy uh, in terms of like secondary targets after Ross St. Brown, and Laporta, obviously. But, um, you know, um, Reynolds has been really consistent when he's been healthy. Um, the last two games have gone over 40 yards. I, I thought about going over his yards, too. It's 19.5. We have him projected at 20. You could certainly combine the receptions and yards for a same-game parlay. I love doing that in, in places like this where it just looks like we're kind of, you know, it's just too low on both. And I will probably bet him that way. Uh, but for for this bet, I'm just going straight over the receptions. Like I said, um, I think that this is the the style of game on the road. Minnesota probably forces Detroit to pass the ball again. Detroit not a great defense either, and Reynolds probably gets his his th- four targets, which gets us to two receptions. So, um, yeah, I just like the spot in general for the the Lions passing game, and right now it feels like the best value is uh, to me on Reynolds.
0: All right, so my bet is similar: uh, Khalif Raymond over ten and a half yards receiving, and. If you just look at what the uh, what the Lions have been doing recently with their wide receiver rotation, it's obviously Amon Ross, St. Brown on the field for you know almost every route. And then yeah. after that, there's this kind of cycling three-man committee with Josh Reynolds, Jamison Williams, and Khalif Raymond. And Raymond is uh, like the least of those three, just in terms of his usage. But he does get enough usage. But and I think it does touch to the point your bet and my bet that after Amon, Ross, St. Brown, and then obviously Laporta, they do spread the ball a little bit between these other guys. And because of the matchup, I do think that there's actually sufficient value in both Reynolds and Raymond, given what we might see out of that entire passing game in general. So Khalif Raymond over 10 and a half receiving yards. I have that projected at 15.5. I would probably bet it up to 12 and a half. And, you know, I think it's a disgusting bet. I think yours also kind of qualifies as like that disgusting bet where like we're taking the over on uh like a number three uh pass catcher, maybe even yeah. a number four pass catcher in an offense. But I think there's enough offensive goodness in this game for the over to hit here. Um Raymond, he's he's gone over. I mean, similar to Reynolds going over one and a half receptions in the super majority of games. Raymond has gone over. Uh, this number of 10 and a half receiving yards and 11 of 14 games. He has an average of 10.2 yards per target this year, 9.9 since last year. So, I mean, I'm basically hoping that Raymond has two, two plus targets in this game, but you know, like at least two targets in this game in 10 games with that kind of volume, he's gone over nine times. And even with just one target, given that he's at 10.2 yards, yards per target. Even with just one target, he has a chance of going over 10 and a half yards receiving. Uh, so, you know, it's a buy low spot in the market. 10 and a half is the lowest total uh, we've seen for the yardage prop for Raymond over the past two years, grand, just a part-time player, but he still had a, uh, let me see a 31% route rate last week. Since the week nine buy, he has a 22% target rate. And of course that's from our utilization report at fantasy life know, I think just 10 and a half is so low for a guy who is explosive is still seeing some targets and is still running enough routes out there. So asking for two targets that, that doesn't feel like it's too much. So Khalif Raymond over 10 and a half receiving yards, Jeff Chuba Hubbard or anything you want to say about Raymond. I was going to
1: say that the thing I like about Detroit and targeting these these receivers is just they pass in all situations. So, like, even if they get up in this game, you know, they're in a dome, they're they're going to pass. I mean, Jared Goff averages, like, 34 attempts. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think the game script will be in our favor. Like, I think it'll be a close game. I think Minnesota could even get up in this spot, and then we really get, like, 40 attempts. But, like, even if we don't, I mean, I think we're going up against the weak secondary. So, it's all about the team you're targeting. Obviously, we're not going to be targeting, like, guys like this on, like, Carolina or something, but or i mean i did early in the year but i'm not anymore but um you know like detroit is a different story so whenever you're doing things like this you always want to look at the situation i, I think we're targeting the right kind of situation anyways all
0: right all right so uh chuba hubbard that is your next bet yeah. here over 68 and a half rushing yards
1: yeah so i mean i i initially put this as over 16 and a half carries but i forgot i bet it in the tracker as yards but i like both um this is one of those spots where i'm Playing, I'm I'm going against our projections. Our projections have Hubbard as, like, you're basically right around this level. I think they have him actually at 16 carries. But in my opinion, um, they, the the projections just haven't caught up with the rate that Chuba Hubbard has been carrying and seeing the field of late. Because it's been basically going from, like, 20 miles an hour to, like, 100 miles an hour in the span of three games. And I just don't think the projections have caught up. I think we're very much in a Kieran Williams kind of situation where... He just keeps getting volume and volume and yards and yards, and like the props, the the projections and the totals just can't keep up. And I, I'm fine just going over on on Hubbard again. I don't think we're we're buying the top or anything here. He's averaged 23 carries his last three games. He's playing Green Bay, a bottom ten rush defense uh, by most metrics. And just to give you an example here, between weeks 10 and 12, he averaged 41.6 yards per game. Uh, his low was 23 yards. His high was 57 yards between weeks 13 and 15, 92 yards per game. His low was 87 yards and his high was 104 yards. So um, again, completely different player at this point. Miles Sanders had six carries for two yards last week. Miles Sanders isn't coming back on the field. Um, a green Bay's allowed 5.3 yards per carry against the last three games. I actually think the other thing that goes with the story, I actually think the Panthers have a chance to win this game. And because I think that it just lends more to this bet because they're not doing it on Bryce Young's arm. They're going to do it on the back of Chuba Hubbard chewing up this defense, which I think he's going to do. And I'll say one more thing about this. If you're on bet 365, you can combine carries and yards into a same game parlay for a player. I'm going to do that with Chuba Hubbard over 16 and a half carries and over whatever his yardage total is there at now. I think it's at 69 and a half. Um, I think Hubbard's going to go for like a hundred yards here. I, 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 again, going against the projections, but I just think the projections in these spots, they have a hard time keeping up with the player.
0: You know, I actually do like this call, even though it is going against my projection, I, I could see how the projection ends up being wrong here. And to kind of add some fire to your case uh Devondre Campbell linebacker for the Packers he's dealing with a neck injury he hasn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday I think he's probably going to be out uh strong safety Darnell Savage who you know, like in the secondary is you know more of like the run game enforcer I think he's probably going to be out uh dealing with the shoulder injury he hasn't practiced this week you mentioned the uh the Packers being bad uh against the run in general and you know I For a lot of the season, I've seen value, like kind of like quote unquote value on the Panthers, and I haven't bet it just because like I don't buy it. But this, I I'm probably not going to to buy it this this week either. But I can see it. I can see it more realistically this week than I have in previous weeks. So yeah, I could see a situation where uh you know the the Packers kind of floundering a little bit, dealing with injuries um, the Panthers are able to get ahead or keep it like close enough to where it's just Chuba Hubbard for the entire game. So, uh, I like it. I I do like it. I can, I can see the path for it. So I might want to go back in and adjust the, uh, the projections I have a little bit. This, you're, you're talking me into it here.
1: Okay, good.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, Russell Wilson. I'm, I mean, this is a disgusting game that we have Christmas Eve, yeah. Sunday night football, the Patriots at the Broncos. Uh, and, and, uh, I'm betting over Russell Wilson, 27.5 pass attempts got this at even money at DraftKings. I have the projection at 30.2 and I would bet it up to 28 and a half. The forecast here, it's calling for snow, but like not it doesn't look like it's going to be a ton of snow and the wind is projected for less than 10 miles per hour at kickoff. So, I don't think like the weather is actually going to be severe enough to force the Broncos to abandon the passing game. And even though head coach Sean Payton has this like I would say very obvious desire to minimize the impact of Russell Wilson within the offense, Wilson has still gone over 27 and a half pass attempts in 10 of 14 games. His average for the year is 29.3 and the matchup is tough against the Patriots. Like they are the definition of a pass funnel. The Patriots are number one in defensive rush, EPA, defensive rush success rate running against them is almost pointless. And I think that Sean Payton is probably sharp enough as a coach to know that, um, but the the Pats they can very much be passed on. They're number twenty one and defensive drawback EPA, number twenty three and drop back success rate. So I think that means even though the team probably doesn't want Russell Wilson dropping back all that often, he probably drops back enough to hit the over on this. And the Patriots have allowed quarterbacks to average. pass attempts this year and only two games has an opponent not had at least 27 and a half pass attempts against them. So you put all that together and then there's the fact that this is a a buy low spot in the market. Uh, Wilson's pass attempts prop has never been lower than the 27 and a half that we see this year. So, uh, let me rephrase that. It's never been lower this year than the 27 and a half we see in the market. But also when I was looking at the market, like for the numbers last year, uh, it wasn't this low. So I think you put all that together. It's just a really good buy low spot for Russell Wilson. And I get that I mean, this offense doesn't want Wilson throwing the ball and maybe the weather stuff ends up being worse than I'm anticipating. But right now, I just kind of don't see enough that pushes me in the direction of thinking we don't see Russell Wilson go over 27 and a half.
1: Yeah, I I mean, the Broncos haven't been as good running the ball lately either. So that would concern me, like just from a, if I was a Broncos fan, I mean, I do feel like at some point they're going to have to pass the ball here. I guess the, and the other thing is, I mean, the, you know, Bailey Zappi could throw like two interceptions and then, and then, you know, I'm just thinking of ways this won't hit, but I mean, it's really low. So yeah, I I mean, typically I know I I saw this one when I came out too, and I was like, man, that's low, but uh, it does make sense to go over. I'm not going to bet an under, especially against the Patriots, like you said. So yeah, I I think just watch the weather is the only thing if it gets worse, but I I don't think it's going to get that bad. Didn't look that bad to me either. So um, yeah. Wilson's been throwing it a little bit more. I mean, uh, I know I've hit his, his over on the, the yardage yards a couple weeks in a row. I don't think this is a spot where you can necessarily just drop him back 20 times and be done with it. Um, Patriots are playing good. I, I think that game will be competitive too, which will probably help you as well. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, the one thing I'll say is that the market has, the betting market has moved in the direction of the Broncos. And if that is the real thing and they end up getting out to a lead, then even though they would be running into the teeth of you know the best run defense in the league, they still might do that just because they have the lead. And so yeah. I I feel like that is the one way in which the under hits here. Yeah. But uh, I- yeah, other than that, I think uh, there's a very good chance that we see this go over. All right, Tyler Algier over eight and a half carries. I I love this one because yeah. uh, it's like let's keep let's play the hits because this one. Yeah was awesome for you last week. Um, You talked about it on this show last week. You talked about it on the live stream. Uh, It was never in doubt. And like Algier was fed so much that it looked like Arthur Smith might lose his job after the game because of the way in which he was just, uh, ignoring Bijan yeah. Robinson and Drake London and Kyle Pitts, so that he could give the ball to a second year, fifth rounder, uh, you're back on it. Tyler Algier over eight and a half carries.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, again, like you said, let's just keep playing it until, you know, either it adjusts or it doesn't hit. And, uh, I have no reason to think that it's not going to hit again. He's gone for over this in let's just do a quick count here since week five. One, two, three, four, Nine, nine times. So he's had two games since week five where he hasn't gone over. It. And in those games, he had eight carries. So he got right to the verge of getting there. So, um, you know, again, 14 carries last week. I don't know if we'll get there again. It's not as good a matchup against Carolina. You know, it's not soggy in the rain. Obviously, we're back in the dome. Um, but Indianapolis isn't a great rush defense. They haven't been since they lost Shaq Leonard. Uh, I know they're good against Pittsburgh last week, but you know, that's Pittsburgh. And um, I I think that they'll they'll have a little bit more trouble with Atlanta on the road here. So again, um, we have this projected at 9.5. There's still a pretty solid edge here that, you you know, like, I don't think we need to be afraid of this at all. Um, Will Bijan Robinson get a little bit more work in this game? Yeah, I, I think he probably will. Will Algier still get, you know, Plenty of, of opportunities and early down carries. Yeah, absolutely. And there's also the, the potential here. You know, Atlanta comes out. Um, you know, Gardner Minshew could throw a pick. Garner, you know, the the Colts on the road could could just fumble it. And then, you know, Atlanta's just running it like 40 times in this game in Algier and everyone goes over. So, again, this is just too low. We have this projected with a one one carry edge, which is huge when we're talking about carry totals under 10. Um, yeah, I, I would play this up to like minus minus one thirty at 8.5 and, um, I, it's something I would jump on as well. I almost, I, I think again, another spot where you could probably combine carries and yards if you have bet three, six, five, because his yardage prop is still only at thirty three and a half. and a half. It's still low. Like we still have that projected for an edge. So just giving no Tyler Algier, no respect. I guess everyone's expecting Bijan to just get another 20 carries. He might, but um, I think Algier could still go over in the spot. I, I don't think that, you know, we got a close game projected. I don't think the Colts are infallible enough that we need to give them that much respect to say, oh, like, you know, Atlanta's going to stop running the ball in the second half or something. So yeah, I like this one again, just keep playing it at these levels. I think.
0: Yeah. I'm with you on the eight and a half. And I think I might even like the rushing yardage over a little bit more. 33 and a half. That just feels so low given what we've seen out of Algier. I have this projected at 41. So yeah, uh, I like that one a lot. Uh, this off season, I did a, uh, a team preview series where I looked at uh, like kind of projected out the 53 man roster for all the teams looked at the, the futures markets and highlighted a bet that I liked sort of like my, my favorite bet in the futures market at that time for that team. And, you know, for some of them, it was, you know, kind of like an obvious, like, oh, uh, this team to win their division or something like that. But for some of them, it was a player prop. And the bet that I liked the most for the Falcons this offseason was Tyler Algier over 480 and a half rushing yards this year. Like even that just on its face seemed so ridiculously low, given what we saw out of Algier last year. Um, The fact that the. uh the team is so run heavy that it was probable Alger would still have a role. And then it's possible that Bijan Robinson, like, you know, he could be awesome, but maybe he's not. And so maybe there's, you know, a little bit of a timeshare. And then maybe he suffers an injury because he plays a really fragile position where everyone can get injured. Uh, I mean, and I think we've just seen like the Tyler Algier thing continue incessantly throughout this season. So, I mean, unless Tyler Algier loses a hundred yards, over the rest of the season. <laughs> like, you know, the over 480 and a half is just absolutely gonna crush. But man, like the Tyler, one. yeah. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Tyler Alger thing, uh, it it just feels like this has been like uh a a tank that you could see approaching f- like from miles away, and yeah. there's nothing that can stop it. All right. Uh so Tyler Alger, love that over eight and a half carries. Another one that uh, I think I highlighted last week, Jalen Hurts over 0.5 interceptions. Uh, Last week, this number I think was like plus 135. Now it is plus 160. I have this projected a plus 120 and would bet it up to plus 140. Hurts, I mean, it feels like needless to say, but he has not been the best version of himself this year. And then now he has a short week of rest. Following a post-Monday night football cross-country trip back home from Seattle to Philadelphia. So like that on its own, Phil is pretty subpar in 14 games this year. He has 12 interceptions on a 2.6% interception rate, which is the highest mark he's had throughout his nearly three seasons as a starter. The giants have an aggressive defense that has 13 interceptions, All of which have come since Week Five. So, I mean, they got nothing in the first month of the season. Since then, they've you know been something of a a ball hawking defense. The Eagles should win as big home favorites. Hertz has a better than fifty percent chance to avoid an interception in this game, but the plus one hundred and sixty odds are just too tempting to pass up, given that he's thrown an interception in eight of fourteen games. So, plus one hundred and sixty to throw an interception. Again, like the risk, it's similar to the risk with uh, Russell Wilson. If the Eagles get up to such an extent, we might not see many Jalen Hurts pass attempts in this game. Uh, and so it just might be fewer possibilities, opportunities for interceptions. And then, of course, if they are up big, he might also be less aggressive with the ball. On the pass attempts he does have. So I can see why this is as high as plus one sixty, but I just think that it's probably still a little bit too uh too optimistic given what we've seen out of him and then what we've seen out of the Giants defense. So Jalen Hurts over 0.5 interceptions plus 160. Yeah,
1: and the the Giants defense has played pretty good of late. Like, I mean, they're not, they're not fantastic, but their secondary has been good. And like you said, they're aggressive, they have good young talent. Um, I, I, the Eagles, I, I'm starting to really think that the offensive coordinator for that team is, is becoming a real issue. Like calling some of the play calls late in that game against Seattle. I mean, they, they literally had the game one and like calling like deep shots on like, like just ridiculous stuff. Um, and if it's gonna con- if he's gonna keep doing that stuff, then you know, like to-, to Quez Watkins, I mean, sure, let's play the over over INTs. I mean, Jalen Hurts does not look as comfortable late in the games as he did last year. So yeah, um, I just think the price too, plus one sixty. I mean, for almost for any quarterback at that price, like we're talking it's almost a must bet, but like Hurts has not been as good. The Eagles offense certainly not as in sync. Yeah, um, like it again probably tail you again, like I did last Monday. (laughs) All
0: right. Uh, the final one here for you on the board. And, uh, I will, I will confess that I did not go through the outline in advance to see what the, uh, what the bets were. I like to, I like to see them fresh, you know, like with the fresh eyes, get their, the real response. I gotta say this one is my favorite and I, I can see why it's the one that you put as your favorite in here, Sam Howell under 36 and a half pass attempts.
1: Yeah, I actually, you know, it, it was it was a weird week for props for me because I didn't usually a couple things really stick out right away. And um obviously if you watch the show, I probably tend to play more overs than unders, but a couple unders stuck out to me this week first. And this one was like prime center. Um again, this Sam Howell, 36.5 pass attempts. He's playing the Jets. Um, so right off the bat, like what do you do against the Jets? Well, you try not to pass the ball that much, right? And then you've got Sam Howell coming off a game where he got pulled. He's been brutal, like, three, four games in a row now. He's been throwing INTs. What do you do with a young quarterback that's struggling? You try to just take everything off his plate, like the Panthers have done with Bryce Young and run the ball. Um, that's typically what you do against the Jets. Teams against the Jets this year have averaged 30.6 rush or uh, pass attempts. And again, like, we're going up against the Jets' offense here also that's going to be run by Trevor Simeon. So there's a chance the commanders just get out to a lead. And they're like, okay, hand the ball off, Sam, to, to Rodriguez, whoever, Brian Robinson. And that's the game. I just can't see the commanders coming in with a game plan that has Sam Howell chucking the ball all over the yard. That just seems so foreign in this spot. And then there's obviously absolutely no guarantee that Sam Howell even plays this entire game. Because if they do start chucking it, and he's bad again. Brissett's coming in. Brissett was really good last week. He almost won them the game. I can't see them not taking Howell out again. So I think there's so many things working in our favor here. This one has moved down to 35 and a half, but we haven't projected at 33. So this is a huge edge for attempts and, and volume prop. That's about as big as I've seen this year, or one of the biggest. I shouldn't say as big, but it's it's up there, especially for a quarterback. So yeah, I'd definitely play it at 35 and a half. Um, a good prop to look at on underdog if you're looking for like to finish off um, three-way tickets as well. You might want to look at like the completions or something like that too. But the, th- I think the the attempts was the the obvious one to me. Um, I just like the under on Sam Howell this week. I always love it when there's a chance a guy may not finish the game, and we certainly have that here. So yeah, uh, unders on on Sam Howell under 36.5 attempts. That's what I got. Uh, like I said, I played to 35 and a half.
0: Yeah. Love this. I have this projected at 33.9. Uh, and so I I still think it's bettable at 35 and a half. Uh, you mentioned the past completions, uh, 21 and a half is the number that I'm seeing in the market. And I'm actually not all that far off from that. So I don't know if I would be betting that, but the, the pass attempts, really stands out to me because as you mentioned, tough defense and the big, the big cherry on top of all this is that he could get pulled. So, I just absolutely love this bet here. Uh, I just home run. Absolutely, I mean, like I, I want to think like I like this bet so much that it makes me want to think of like different same game parlays for this game in which I can include this. Uh, absolutely love this one. All right, uh, the final prop for me here, uh, going back to Old Faithful, Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown. This is minus two ten at FanDuel, and let me kind of put some perspective on it. Like, so normally I don't think there's much value in the, the touchdown market, but with Christian McCaffrey, it is different, but like there is such a discrepancy in, in the prop market in general on a number of props as I'd say, specifically in the touchdown market where books just kind of value different things. Um, so this number is as low as two ten at FanDuel. It is as high as minus 400 at Caesars. So you know, say whatever you want about like some of these different books in terms of like, oh, this one is sharper. This one's more of a rec book, whatever. But you know, like Caesars, they, you know, take higher limits, whatever, like that minus 400 at Caesars. Like I think that is more of a representative number than some of the lower numbers that we see at other books. And so if I'm able to get minus 210, uh, when the real number should probably be closer to 400, uh, I'm going to do it. Now I have this projected at minus 282. So, uh, you know, I think it's bettable up to minus 250, but really do like it here at the minus 210. And this is the game of the year. Christian McCaffrey, 49ers hosting the Ravens in prime time on December 25. Like there's no way uh, I'm not having a bet on this game in some fashion. Uh, and I would say that it is uh, literally un American or at least unpoetic not to have action on a dude named Christian on this of all holy days. So, uh, you know, even just for the memes, I am betting on Christian McCaffrey on Christmas and he has a league high, 20 touchdowns, uh, a league high, 301 touches league high, 1800 yards from scrimmage. He scored in all, but two of 14 games this year. He's the front runner for offensive player of the year. Like he just offers value in the touchdown market every week, even though this number is heavily juiced, it is not juiced enough. So Christian McCaffrey, anytime touchdown minus two ten at FanDuel, uh, I will be, I wouldn't say even sweating this. I will just be watching this game, uh, enjoying the nightcap on Christmas, knowing that it is near inevitability that somehow Christian McCaffrey finds the end zone.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if they're just going to keep putting these numbers up, like I mean, it, it's so simple, but like, and and I think people just get afraid of it because, like, oh, touchdowns, like they are volatile. But like Christian, it's just different with Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he's he's the primary back in like the league-leading offense that just scores at will. So he's always in the red zone and he's always getting those touch. It's like I don't even know how to to compare it. Like, but it's like betting a t- Christian McCaffrey touchdown prop is like betting like a Justin Jefferson over at like 60 yards or something you know like it's just it's always going to happen like that's what it is though i mean real realistically like every 49ers game so yeah um if they're just going to keep putting this i mean cuz i agree with the price like i mean minus 208 is just, or minus 210 is not it's just not low enough like it 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 needs to be in the minus 300 i'm surprised that this keeps getting put out but like you said different books have different motivations I'm sure people are using this and same game parlays and stuff and the books don't mind that. So they probably keep it light. Uh, I have no idea, but anyways, it's there for us to take advantage of. And you should, and I think the, just the last thing, I think the 49ers are going to, they're going to clean some clocks on Christmas day. That, that would be my prediction. I know that the Ravens are pretty solid, but I, I think the 49ers will, will come out of this one um, winning the game and, and potentially proving a point. And that'll include a Christian McCaffrey touchdown as it always does. So.
0: All right well my uh brock purdy mvp ticket is very much hoping that you are correct i think we're gonna catch 49ers
1: yeah yeah
0: all right so that is a very fun episode jeff uh happy holidays do do you have any like traditions like christmas traditions things with the family stuff like that
1: uh you know for for us it's just like traveling around We we have like close family close to our house so my christmas day especially since I've had kids is just like driving around to different houses like all day and my kids just like getting present orgies at every house so you know I am just like the yeah. chauffeur on Christmas Day like that's what it's turned into but yeah as far as like other traditions no I mean for me it's just you know watching a little sports taking like a little bit of downtime and nothing crazy yeah. I usually play my kids video games at night because I get them a video game so I can play it and then you know that's about it
0: Living the dream, other than chauffeuring your kids around. Living yeah, the other dream. Than the all right, <laughs> that is going to do it for this episode of the Betting Life Podcast, brought to you by Fantasy Life. Please subscribe to the show, tell your degenerate betting friends, join the Discord, see all of our bets in the free Fantasy Life Bet Tracker, and follow us on social media at the Fantasy Grind and Matt F. The Oracle. Thank you, and see you again next episode.